You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Tommy's Outdoors, episode 32. And today, with my guests, Madeleine Weber and Greg McNamara, we are talking about photography, outdoor photography, and also about outdoor sound recording as a bonus or maybe as a complement to the photography. Um, so I attended uh, Madeleine's and Greg's seminar or talk a few months back during the uh, Ivora Peninsula uh, Learning Landscapes uh, Symposium. And um, what struck me was that going out and taking photographs or kind of hunting for the right image is uh, kind of similar like uh, hunting for an animal or going fishing or maybe hill walking. It's a full-blown outdoors activity. And um, all the observations and, and uh, kind of feelings that Madeleine shared with us, it, 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 you know, it struck me like this is something that every outdoors enthusiast gets it. Uh, and here we have a photography and um, sound recording. So I thought it's an excellent, excellent opportunity to talk to Madeleine and Greg uh, on the podcast about uh, their outdoors and what they're doing in the outdoors. And so here we have this episode of the podcast. And just before we jump right into it, uh, folks, visit Madeleine's website, uh, www.madeleineweber.com. Uh, see those wonderful photograph photos. They're all kind of framed like a, like a pictures, like a paintings, uh, big formats. Um, and I'm sure you're going you're gonna to choose something because they're beautiful. Um, there's obviously shipping and you can, you can purchase them while you're visiting the gallery, but they can also be shipped to you. So yeah, the link is in the description again, uh, visit her website. And, uh, now without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Madeleine Weber and Greg McNamara. Okay, so uh, we're on. Um, I'm today with Madeleine Weber and Greg McNamara. How are you folks? Very good. Thank Hi Tommy. Um, so we are in a beautiful county, Kerry. Was it, was the, how you pronounce the name of the area? Well, there are many names for the Skelly Coast uh-huh. or the southwest part of the Evera Peninsula. Evera Peninsula. Or along the wild atlantic way or the skellig ring <laughs> right, right 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 now we're in emlock trina emlock moor okay yeah so it's exactly it's... halfway between waterville and balanskelix i always have like a super hard time you know pronouncing like a local, me too local. the town language <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> so uh maybe for our listeners uh could you could you folks tell what you what you do hmm. it's actually going to be in the, in, the, in the title of the podcast but just for like <laughs> All right. Well, um, my name is Madeline Maria Weber, and I'm a landscape photographer, a painter, and just a lover of Kerry. And I uh, opened a gallery here in the heart of the uh, Skelly Coast in the Geltacht area for the last three years, I think. 
And it's a one of a kind gallery because people, when they come and visit us, they actually see us living here as well. So you have the turf fire, you have the animals, the chickens, yeah. the artwork on the wall, the cottage. Well, it's not a cottage, but you get the feeling of it. So it's a very mm. different kind of experience when you come here as if you walk into a commercial gallery somewhere in town. Yeah. And I love it. And they too. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an awesome place because you're, you, it's, it's truly like, you know, we, we're walking in and you have a dogs and cats and a fireplace and all those beautiful pictures on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And, and Greg, you're also kind of, because you, you kind of work together, right? Yeah, so I'd be Madeline's personal assistant. <laughs> all right, awesome. He's carrying my bags okay. up the mountain. <laughs> yeah, sometimes no. and back down again. <laughs> Right, but you're, but you're also recording sounds of nature, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's, I guess in the past year, it really got my interest. Mm -hmm. And I've been out kind of exploring the landscape just through the eyes of audio, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I just find it, um, I, I suppose, very healing. Because I always noticed before in the past of going to the beach and while, especially online when beach stuff or any kind of visual stuff pops up, the sound is always missing. When I go to the beach, I always listen. I always take in the sound of the waves, the sound of the wind, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just decided I wanted to go out and explore and uh, see what I can do to capture that. So yeah. I've been working on that mm -hmm. for the past while of um, capturing different spaces, you know? And we're very lucky here because directly behind the house, we have um, the Inni Estuary, which is just a mm -hmm. beautiful spot at nighttime. You get incredible mm -hmm. sounds there of the nighttime birds flying over and talking yeah. to each other. Where it's no, not windy, the sounds are, yeah, are, are still, still you know, is. the place where I live, I, I walk in front of the house and I hear the birds on the, on the beach, but that's seldom, usually I just hear the wind howling. Mm. <laughs> probably have that here yeah. as well. So we, like, we met at the, I suppose it was called Symposium, Ivory Learning Landscapes, mm -hmm. and it was like, quite a few guests out of, out of that on their podcast, and, you know, I saw your, your I, I think your, your workshop was like eyes and ears. Mm -hmm. uh, well, so let's 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 start with the eyes, and you know, the thing when I was when I was uh, so first of all, you're also you're also from east of Europe, and I'm from east of Europe, mm. so it was like immediately hey, it was like hey, like, you know, like a, a kind of similar background. Yeah. I mean, and it's like so so that's uh, and Greg, you're Irish, right? Yeah, originally just up the road in County Limerick. All right, but here is home now. All right, mm. I'm saying the same thing. See, like home same. is here now. Yeah. People are asking, yes. "Are you going home for Christmas?" Yeah. Home no, is here. why? <laughs> home is here. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and he was like, "Oh, you know, we are like a eyes and ears and the nature mm. and obviously being being a outdoors podcast and outdoors website. You know, I I watched the photos obviously." uh that that you're that you're presenting in the landscapes and you were talking about like you you know you're sitting for hours to capture the mm -hmm. frame and all mm -hmm. that and i was thinking like boy that girl gets it you know that's exactly like <laughs> this is like a quintessential outdoors you know you don't you, you, you do stuff but you're kind of can sit there and just enjoy yourself right yeah i mean i'm i was thinking about it why i actually have a blast in nature. Why is that? Why am I so happy? And I come to the conclusion that whenever you go out there, uh, nature always surprises you. You always get something because it's constantly performing. The elements are working with each other. Um, nature is balancing the forces. And while it's doing that, it creates an absolute stunning beauty. And if you are perceptive to it and you 
give that space and time that means you bring your body move it out there outdoor mm. and you become the observer your mind gets blown and when your mind gets blown because you see things you can't even imagine mm. what happens i think is all your future thoughts your past thoughts your worries your concept of yourself just disappears and there's a silence in the mind mm. which creates a moment of happiness because you're right here right now you're present and um, that's, I think, is what I'm addicted to, actually spending time with me, but not me as a person, as a concept, but me as recording, seeing, feeling. Yeah. And it's so peaceful. Now, nature can be a beast, right? <laughs> Let's right. get that straight. Right. And yeah. I always, when I talk like philosophically like this, this is from a safe observer point. Hmm. So, um, but because we have the luxurious way of, you know we are protected we have warm clothes and we can sit on a beach and watch oops, watch a sunset or um, watch a violent storm from a protective space or distance mm. or uh, you know i go out there i always get something it's like having a birthday party every day yeah. i know i get I something get, i get i, I get it. you're you're really like you're becoming like a part of the nature you're kind, yes. of, you're kind of losing yourself into that it's just like a part of nature and it's like well and it is our home you see that's I was thinking about it because nature is not man-made. So mm -hmm. when we put ourselves into her space, into her hands, so to speak, mm -hmm. it triggers things in us which um, are so old and ancient, which you cannot conceptually maybe grasp, right? But your mm -hmm. body and your spirit knows. And you feel connected on such a deep level of existence. These are the, the moments which you need to treasure and you need to expose your yourself to them because they're very deeply healing they kind of put your messy mind mm. into place again you know yeah it so. kind of shut, it kind of shuts down yeah. the, the, like the, we and, and we spoke on the podcast many times on that and i think that's a, that's a common theme in the outdoors that even if you're out there cycling mm. or i don't know rowing for like six hours straight or eight hours straight and then someone is like what you're thinking about for eight hours like nothing, <laughs> nothing. nothing. it just, <laughs> just goes right yeah. so 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 it is, it is fascinating how people mm -hmm. who are doing such a different things whether it's angling or cycling or photographing like, like it's the same thing it's like yeah you go out there you're kind of becoming one with your surrounding you kind of going to this meditative meditation state mm -hmm. you know on your mind it's like time just mm -hmm. just flies you just you just don't don't know it. i have a, i have a question for you mm -hmm. so obviously when you're when you're uh uh taking photos and you're in that like deeply um soul activated state mm -hmm. for for the for the one of a better word like mm -hmm. you have like emotional attachment or do you have emotional attachment to the photo because then you 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 know you're putting that photo on the wall and someone can go in and, and mm -hmm. buy it do you have like an element like you know it's it's hard to part with with like a outcome of your of your work an outcome of that you know that beautiful day there you you, you know and you have a photo let's say great mm -hmm. photo or are you just saying like you know i'm not selling that photo it's <laughs> it's not for sale it's mine that's a great question um well i actually don't have an attachment i um 
because first of all there's such an abundance so nature i observed nature now for uh, carry nature for the last 13 years i'm here mm -hmm. i'm going to the same spots and nature never repeats itself so there is an abundance of new exciting light performances mm -hmm. which you can never get tired of so i know there's always some uh, coming a new superlative superlative is that how you say it mm. <laughs> um and for, I actually have to go back a bit because when I started capturing nature, it wasn't my motivation wasn't to create a portfolio which other people can enjoy. It was a purely um, uh, self-experience state, so to speak. Mm. And I was attached to the moment, the beauty of it. Like, for example, if you turn around the wild Atlantic wave here that I took that mm. actually when listeners um, go to my website, then they can type in wild Atlantic wave and then they know actually what I'm talking mm. about. This was a very bad storm, but the unique thing was um, there was no rain, so there was sunlight and I was sitting there in awe and the ocean turned emerald green, which a lot of people, like when tourists come into the gallery, they're like, oh, is that color real? And the locals, when they come in there, I know it, that's our color. I, I saw it with my own eyes. It's yeah. that unique, distinct color. And I feel attachment to capturing that moment of beauty, yes, in that way. But later on, I realized when I was sharing my pictures, I noticed that it has a feedback system for other people because that beauty and inspiration can travel through the picture to another spirit, to another mind, to mm. another heart. And I found that so fascinating and enjoyable seeing people coming in here and looking, whoa, they have the same feeling which I had when I had the 3D experience yeah. with all senses yeah. involved. And it's captured in that image and they can take it with them and it will emirate or how do you say, shine that energy constantly now when they surround themselves with that image. So I love that. And that's huh. why I absolutely adore the idea of giving these images to other people. Right. So you have this like, yes, now I, 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 I I achieved what I what I meant to. I, I captured the moment and give it to you. And when you see the same reactions, like yes, that's that works. Yeah, because we the like the person who comes in here and looks at the wave and says, "Whoa, um, this man or woman goes into the same space and mind where I went when mm. I saw it." I was like, "Whoa, I cannot imagine." It's like when your mind stops because your word stops, you're like in shock, but mm -hmm. a positive shock, and that's the state of mind which when no thought is active, no inner dialogue, which is complaining or whatever the problems are of the moment, right? It's all gone. And I love seeing people in that state. It's the right. best state ever. Right. And we all find different ways of getting there, right? Some, there are some unhealthy ways of getting there, like drugs or whatever. And then there are very simple ways like free nature, which is around mm. you at any time. Yeah. And you put yourself into it, you create space for that and you you yeah. can be very happy. Yeah, yeah. Greg, anything to add to that? You have the same kind of experience when you're out there recording? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, again, it's just a different world for me because Madeline is the visual person. For mm -hmm. me, I'm the audio, our kind of bass person. Mm -hmm. So I always, I kind of get, get the excitement from the sounds, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're lucky here that we're so close to Rean Row Beach. There's times where I'll be inside at nighttime and there'll be noise and I'm wondering like, where's that noise coming from? And I go yeah. around and then I forget it's the sea. Yeah. And I just go to open a window and then I realize it's the sound of the ocean because it's the way it's hitting the, the beach and coming yeah. in and it's the way the wind is blowing and it's like you're right there, you know, beside it. 
Yeah. Uh, can I add something too? Because um, I grew up in Berlin in a big tower, <laughs> yeah. so we had a big motorway. And I actually realized sometimes that the ocean sounds like a motorway or the other way around. The motorway sounds like the sea. It's like that big growling sound, right? Which um, in, a, in a gentle setting, like you have no wind, it's, it doesn't trigger fear in you. But if you would stand on a beach on a stormy day and you hear that deep sound, you know, yeah. whoa, it goes straight into your guts, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of resonates in a lower part of your body, yeah. you know, or the higher... I think for me, the higher sounds are like maybe head level, ear level, but those lower deep sounds, which are probably what, under uh, 60 or 50 hertz, you know, they mm -hmm. kind of resonate in your lower part of your body, or even yeah. inside your whole body as a whole, you know, and yeah. you feel it. Not only through ears, but kind it, of yeah. like through the... All senses, yeah. Like yeah. Very, and when we had the uh, Ivra uh, learning landscape um, event, and I was listening actually to Greg's part, I realize because I'm such a visual person, I take in the sound, but not consciously. So I'm like, whoa, my eyes are, look at the color, look at the shape. Oh, and there's a bit of sound. Right. So what I changed since then was I actually was consciously closing my eyes and focusing on the sound, which I never, I never gave it enough attention. And it's fascinating. Like, it's literally like a little play, right? You're doing with yourself, you... Um, it has a totally different effect on you if you isolate a sound from a picture. It mm. becomes its own thing, a very yeah. unknown sound, actually. Yeah, because you can more focus on it and you can pick up the parts of the sound that you never thought that were there. Yeah, and you realize how much it has an effect on your emotional state when you look at a beautiful landscape picture. Mm. You know, it's, it's the sound gives you a lot of vibration and um, um, a peaceful response inside you. Um, yeah, I found that really fascinating. Um, and if you isolate a sound, actually, it's it's like, how does the sea actually sound? If I ask you now, Tommy, how does the sea sound? You you might think you know, but actually, yeah. depends. It's the a very is abstract depends. sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the sound of the sea I like is like in a very quiet day, like a summer quiet day, and the sea is like almost flat. And you're walking at the mm -hmm. at the uh, shore. You can you can so hear just like lapping a, along yeah, the shore. Yeah, yeah, like a gentle, yeah. like a, yeah, like it was like, like, like oh, it's kind of like a calm, and uh, you know, you you mm. you don't you you. It's almost hard to imagine like a raging sea that you see in the winter during winter storms. Right now, obviously, we have like a storm season, and uh, we're getting hammered right now. Yes, yeah. but we can't complain. We had a great year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's and nature was kind to us. We're we're very lucky down here because we have so many different types of beaches, mm -hmm. and every beach has its own sound. Right. And then, obviously, when the weather changes, it's another different sound again. Mm -hmm. You know, the day I think maybe it was maybe three months ago, there was a, a very very stormy day, so I I, I spent that day heading around to Reenrow Beach, Balanskelligs Beach, uh, St. Finian's Bay, I think one or two other places as well, maybe just off um, Balanskelligs Pier. Mm -hmm. And I recorded there and it was all, all the same day, all within four or five hours of each other, but like very different sounds of that storm coming in the beach and incredible, yeah. incredible power behind it, you know? Do you, do you, can you tell the sound of the storm coming? So it's not quite there yet but is like is, is there is there something like that because obviously visually especially at sometimes visually you can you can see like a front coming the, the clouds is like kind mm -hmm. of is sunny and nice but you see like oh that's coming is the same thing going with the sound can you can you 
can you tell that the weather front is approaching like a sort of a that's something I probably haven't looked into mm-hmm. enough yet um, but it depends on how the swell is reacting yeah I think oh yeah I definitely found it that day especially in St. Finian's Bay mm-hmm. that it's kind of St. Finian's Bay is unique that the beach is so small that the waves come in they're concentr- concentrated and all that sound is mm-hmm. kind of like a tunnel effect mm-hmm. comes in and hits you yeah while I was on yeah. Reno Beach and it's such Reno Beach is a mile or more in length so you have all that strong wave action coming in, yet in that small space in Finian's Bay, it was a stronger sound. Yeah. Of only, what the beach is only maybe 100, 200, 300 meters wide or something. Yeah. But it's just about that force being funneled in, yeah. you know. The surface paradise, huh? Incredible place, mm. yeah. Yeah. I always find it fascinating kind of see how the weather is changing or approaching and mm-hmm. kind of see like a visual, like like a big cloud coming or, or, or something. It's like yeah. you can witness that and you see that, like this is this is changing. And I'm, ex- I'm explaining this is exactly what, you're, what your folks are, are experiencing being out there. Well, I actually, because I studied the weather for so long now, I figured you can predict up to 70% and then there's 30% mother nature. Mm-hmm. You can't figure it out. What, what time forward you can predict? Um, no, well, hmm. it's only small radius, so I could probably predict hmm. to Kelts or yeah. how far away is that? So Kilani would have a totally yeah. different climate. No, no, but I, but I mean, like, oh. obviously you're in, like, any book about weather mm. tell you that, like, you know, you, you no computer model can replace, at least still, can replace, like, a local knowledge. No. You yeah. know, local. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like... Can you tell the like you look at the weather forecast and you look at the pressure and say like you know I know how the weather is gonna be like tomorrow or can you do like three days forward? Yeah, I could. Well, for me, it's useful to know. I I know the visual ap- appearance usually ah. of it, so I can look at a satellite and I see the cumulus clouds and mm-hmm. the, uh, the the ice clouds and mm-hmm. I can figure out based on experience okay we will have a stunning sunset now i'm sometimes really off you can ask greg Mm -hmm. (laughs) but usually it serves me very well um but then there are these moments and thank god they are there where nature just pulls a a quick one and you just think what the hell just happened yeah and it's amazing right so um there's one example greg and i we were climbing up bolo set Mm -hmm. one day and um, I was I, carrying your bags that day, yeah. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Thank you. And it was just so nice. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> I didn't give him a choice. <laughs> um, and the, the weather was all dull and a gray sky. There wasn't any rain. And I was like, hmm. So we were waiting for the sun to set um, and with a focus on Skellig Michael, which is my favorite place. We need to talk about that later. All right. And so nothing happened we were sitting there for an hour or whatever and i decided my senses went wrong then Mm -hmm. and i said let's go home there's no point of having a dual picture because Mm -hmm. i only take pictures when i'm physically shaking Mm -hmm. then i know there's such a um, compact energy in that Mm -hmm. moment that it will transfer to 2d because most people don't realize when you see something you sense you feel and you see 3d and when you minimize it on 2d Mm -hmm. and you take all the senses away then they're like, why does this picture not look as good as it, you know, as I mm-hmm. saw it? That's the reason. So you need a really compact story in the picture and yeah. energy. Um, so I, I didn't think we get that. And he was like, no, let's wait. Let's go this way even, you know. And I was mm-hmm. like, Jesus, there's no point in doing that, but let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. And thank God, because um, 
after probably 20 minutes, there was a window of one minute where exactly above Skellig Michael opened a little window and mm -hmm. the pink sunlight of the sunset came down like a blessing. Through that. Yes. Yeah. If pink you want red. to see the picture, yeah. type in my website in the search op option Skellig Michael blessing and you will mm -hmm. see it. It's incredible. Like, and mm. never happened again. I went there many, many times again. It never happened again. Yeah. And so. Yeah. What incredible shadow. That was nature performing, you know, the 30% of chaos where yeah. she balances forces and creates that beautiful thing, which in the human mind obviously gets interpreted into yeah. a certain way. Yeah. Certain it's, way. It's, it's fantastic, you know, and everything that you're, that you're saying is like, like a truly outdoors experience. Always, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, listen, before, before I'm going to jump into other questions that I have, can you give us a little like a story? How do you, how do you find yourself in Ireland? Right? Because we, we said like, you know, we are, we are, we are from, from Eastern Europe. <laughs> uh, so how, what's, what's your story? How it happened? And I know that's a rain story, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, the rain brought me to Ireland. Um, that's a good place. <laughs> good, yeah, well, yeah, well, I was I found myself studying graphic design and art in Münster, which is a beautiful town in west uh, in the west part of Germany. And for my degree, I was longing for an adventure. I was bored out of my mind, mm. indoorsy, you know, mm. not much nature thing going on there. And I I was longing for an adventure. And I remember I was traveling the year before to Scotland, the bigger brother of Kerry, I mm -hmm. call it, because everything is bigger oh, really? and more rough. And, okay. But they're kind of the same. That's interesting. And so I knew Scotland and I was like, uh, actually, before that happened, I remember it was raining and I was sitting in my uh, apartment and looking out the window and, and, you know, rain in cities is horrendous. It's mm. really boring. It's ugly and it's there's no fun with rain mm. in cities. Yeah. Nature is a totally different story. It's kind of dirty, like in the city it's dirty, dirty because you have all this grime yeah. up from the road and like with water, it kind of creates like this substance. Yes. It's not nice. While in nature, it kind of is like a cleansing Clean yeah, and you stuff. have the horizon line. You can see the clouds moving, the rain. So there's so much beauty. Uh, and in cities, also the the building are getting even more dull and dirty, dark, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because they're getting wet. Yeah. So I was looking at my window, and my focus shifted to the window itself. And there were raindrops on the window, and I noticed in the raindrops the reflection of the house opposite of my house. Mm -hmm. and there was a beautiful warm light in it and i saw these raindrops and they looked absolutely stunning yeah mm -hmm. um i actually will put it on the website maybe type in raindrops i will put it up tomorrow yeah. and i was like yeah i'm doing a book about rain that's it why <laughs> not i love water water is mysterious mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. full of enigmas nobody really gets gets mm -hmm. it what what is it uh, uh, it's the base of all life and i said yeah so i will focus myself on water rain Mm -hmm. Rain Island makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Total, total sense. And once I tune into something, I'm like a pit bull. I'm like a net nice pit bull. I'm like focused and I find a way, right? Yeah. So I was writing to a hundred uh, potential sponsors and 99 said, no, what the hell? What do you want from us? <laughs> and one said yes, which mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to this day. Uh, funny enough, a water pump company ah, <laughs> in Germany. <of> <laughs> um, thank you. And uh, so I could finance the car. I had six weeks a car and um, I was studying everything about the north of Ireland. So mm -hmm. the north part, uh, Donegal. And mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, north sounds great to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There was no sense behind it. And mm -hmm. um 
I arrived at Cary Airport for some reason. I had booked Cary Airport. I don't know why. And I noticed the town name, Waterville, on the map at the airport. I was like, oh, look at this name. <laughs> that's a sign. Waterville. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. My whole plan was gone. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about the south or southwest. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to Waterville. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and so I went down there and yeah, everything is destiny. Right now yeah. I'm living here, but... Um, I found myself having, we, ha we were having a heat period for four weeks. So my first four weeks, there was not a drop of rain and I was panicking. What year was that? <laughs> that was 2004 or 2005. 2004. I can't, okay. 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 I have okay. to check it exactly. <clears throat> and I was sitting depressed in the hostel and everybody was like, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? What's wrong like with her? First with four her? weeks <laughs> of nice weather in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> So until I got my act together and, you know, I mm. saw Carrie from the best side ever mm. uh, and fell deeply in love. And mm. um, because I didn't know anything, um, I remember I was driving one day through to St. Finian's Bay. Mm -hmm. And St. Finian's Bay, I mean, everyone who knows St. Finian's Bay knows it's it's like this little piece of isolation where like you have everything, the juicy green fields, the, the cliffs, the emerald water, it's stunning. Mm. And... Um, I've, I, I really loved it. So I decided to go there next day again. And next day I look at the horizon and I see two islands there. They weren't there the day before. And I was like, <laughs> did they float by or what, what just happened? So that was my first contact with Skellig. Skellig, mm -hmm. Mike and Little Skellig. And it was kind of magical, which describes my whole relationship to these two mm -hmm. islands since then. Um, um, yeah, but Skellig is another thing. So... Yeah, so in the last two weeks, we got hammered with rain. So I got my I pictures. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> I was uh, interviewing people, locals, mm -hmm. tourists, what their relationship is with water and rain mm -hmm. and was obviously capturing stunning mm -hmm. moments. But your, your, your work that you were doing, was, was it only pictures or was it like an entire... The idea was to create a limited edition book. I called it uh, oh, Water book. Gold okay. um, because I think water is... So those, those interviews find their place in a, in a book as well. Exactly, yeah. Oh, so okay. you have the poetry of the person and um, their thoughts in regards to water and mm. stunning landscape pictures. Um, so we got hammered the last two weeks. I got beautiful pictures, went back, uh, got my degree. And I, you know, after that, you're free. Like I was young. So you quickly came back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't oh, have a job. I didn't have a family. You know, I was really, really mm. young. And so I said, yeah, let's go over. I love it because that was my first true um, interaction with nature where I felt at home. Uh, you know, in, in Germany, right. you might go into a forest and think, oh, great, beautiful. Or you see, okay, I okay. traveled, I was blessed. My parents traveled the world with me uh, when I was young. So I saw different corners and mm -hmm. the palm thing. And so never mm -hmm. did it for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just that Celtic mm -hmm. rough mm -hmm. uh, uh person which uh, suffers after 24 degrees right like oh it's too hot <laughs> so, okay. and so I moved over here um, I had a lot of support here but I got the shock of my life because when you come here as a tourist you have money in your bag a car mm -hmm. and suddenly you have to survive and the island has to feed you right mm -hmm. so the first three years were a bit rough Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad I stuck through it and um, I cannot imagine going back to Berlin. It's a beautiful city. Yes, go there for two weeks and you get full of inspiration. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, but that's not my cup of tea. I'm a yeah. true country. Uh, you know, I get a blast actually on my own on a cliff. Yeah, uh, I get it. That, that's I get it. it. That's my holy grail. 
I'm get very it. simple, right? I know. I, I do, you know, I don't know if it's the opposite. You know. <laughs> Great. That's a that's a that's a that's a great start. So you you're actually kind of discovered that outdoorsy thing in you here. Yes, you, kind of like Ireland a, taught me that. Yeah, the mm. Irish nature because, and also observing the the people, the locals. Like obviously, Kerry has its own creature. I call it mm. like, and that I mean that in the most loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these old paddies which are so connected to their land. They they can tell you. Oh, hang on, the two birds flew this way. Oh, we get a bad June. And I was mm-hmm. like. What the hell? How did you do that? Tell me about it. And you can't, you know, they're always like the banter. So you mm-hmm. never really get anywhere there. But mm-hmm. they know, they know their nature, you know. Yeah. Now, I don't know if the new generation has that connection so strong because a lot of people leave because it's really hard to make a living down here. But the old people, I admire their, mm-hmm. their essence. Is it, do you think it's good or bad that they're leaving? Well, it's a reality. Like it's a tourist season is very short down here in in mm. in, in this at the Skellig Ring, um, and if you can't find the niche, and yeah. you can't. So where where I'm heading with that is like, I I find that the one of the nice things in, about the area and about Ireland in general, but especially in the, in the area, is that there's not a lot of people and mm-hmm. I'm not meaning that in a bad way that I don't like people it's rather <laughs> you have these spaces mm-hmm. to yourself so so you 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 go to the beach and you know quite often you have the whole beach to yourself mm-hmm. right yeah, and yeah. it's in in like in European countries it's like very like unlikely you go you know you'll be in Spain or Italy and you go to the beach and it's like plenty of people like a, right so I think that's a so maybe it's a good in a way well it's great yeah because i'm i used to be one of these people when i take a picture uh, can you go out of the picture please (laughs) (laughs) it's changing now but you Mm. know that like that it was always distracting me when i would see other people because it takes you out of the moment at least Mm. it was my for me yeah you have a lot of space here and privacy so to speak yeah. and i mean darinan beach and the darinan national park the best beach on earth uh, mm. whenever i go there has no one what, where are they all i don't understand <laughs> so i'm delighted i'm not complaining you know yeah. uh, now skellig for example skellig it's um, um through star wars obviously got a big promotion worldwide and mm. um, it's now put on the map and, mm. and are people complaining about that well, you, that's you, exactly that's exactly my point. Yeah. People are like, oh, now all these damn tourists coming in, and like whatever. I was following that discussion um, from a neutral point first, um, and obviously you will have duality. So one one person will love it, the other will say, "What the hell?" But mm. uh, what I notice is, um, yes, Skellig's getting flooded now, but um, and you get a lot of Star Wars fans who are very focused on the movie. That's their gateway, so to speak, mm-hmm. to the island, and they mm-hmm. just talk about the movie and their costumes, but. Once they enter the island and they come back, they only talk about the monks and Skellig because mm-hmm. the island touches you in ways which you cannot conceptually explain. Yeah. So, you know, that's great. Like It's just a, it's, it's just a way how they get their way here. But they're, you know, once they're there, they know it's like far more than they thought. They about. connect with the spiritual essence mm-hmm. of Skellig. And, and, you know, there are many concepts out there and I honor everyone. You know, it's up to everyone. Uh, to choose a way of thinking and mm. perceiving life um, there's room for all of us yeah. now yeah. and uh, because the island the season is very short so in winter it has time to recover mm-hmm. but you know there are also aspects of it obviously which is um, which are not good for the island so mm. you can't say it's better good there are 
plus and negatives. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there should be a limit on you know how many people can get there or like? I mean, like on these negative things on the island. Well, there is there are is a limit. There's only so many boats can go and yeah. drop people off, and they only can take so many people. But I I think it's what comes across is nature itself seems to take care of that because a lot of the days during the season mm. that people the boatsmen can land they can't because the weather says okay right. not today guys mm. right, and, right so it's like mother nature taking care of itself in a way yeah, and you cool. know it's a true dilemma so there are yeah. no real solutions i mean on the one hand side you can say like this is this amazing rock with amazing energy it's history and you you need to understand that people want to see that <clears throat> sorry and on the other hand side, you want to protect it because mm. it's a bird species and you, you don't want to let anyone actually on yeah. it, right? So how do you find a judgment there, you know? Mm. And you have these different groups of people. You have the spiritual seekers, the bird lovers. Now the Star Wars fans came as a new group to it, you know? Uh, how do you say, no, you can't go, but you can. <laughs> no, uh, what, what for me, the most yeah. important thing is that's my biggest concern is the respect for the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when things are getting moved around there and rocks taken and yep. the birds getting yep. upset that's just normal that we it's not good yeah <laughs> that's kind of invisible right with, with other people mm. it's probably my mm. phone it's alright <laughs> <laughs> right I think I was just uh, you know so uh distracted with all the beautiful pictures and I'm going to turn <laughs> off my phone and was like oh turn off the phone or whatever like okay yeah. so so tell me um you're you mentioned the aspect of observing the violent nature mm. um from the safety mm. how big of a how big of a factor that is and do you have sometimes you know like like go out and uh, you know kind of not be in a safety or like you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. is, is it is it is it like sometimes because I know like oh it's cool I have a, like a big wind coming mm. in and like I'm a, but I'm at home in the safety. Is yeah. it kind of like a different? Yeah, it's a big deal for me, and I always get upset when I see inexperienced tourists mm-hmm. close to the sea who don't know about the swell, about the breath of the sea. Every twenty minutes there comes a big wave. Mm. You you just don't know. I understand, but mm. I always want to shake them. No, you're too close, go. And yeah. I'm deeply, I have a deep respect of the sea. She's a bloody monster. Yeah. <laughs> true. I mean, it's a true, uh, it's my true feeling. Is she? She's a beauty, absolutely stunning. But I always, um, I will never put my life in danger for a picture. So mm. I don't know, there's just a, a deep sense of safety in me. Mm-hmm. And there are other photographers who bring themselves into danger to capture a certain picture, and that's totally up to them, right? Mm-hmm. But I would never choose that. So I always try to balance it. And um, so I would always um, never go to a cliff on a windy day because I know about yeah. the gusts, and you cannot see them coming, and they mm-hmm. take you. <laughs> yep, yep. So a, a deep, res- she's such a nature is so forceful, and she it's not personal actually. She doesn't take sides. Oh, yeah. She's just creating balance. And she, if you're in the way, you're in the way. And yeah, she will yeah. crush you. Yeah, yeah. I, I even recorded yeah. a, a vlog on uh, safety for anglers. Because mm-hmm. that's a group who's on the shore, on the cliffs. Exactly. The waves are crashing. And like, you know, I one of my buddies like, oh, you know, I was fishing, but it was so violent. And, you know, all the wind. I was like, yeah, how, how did you even 
you know, managed to stand there. I, I didn't. I was squatting. Like, like come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You know that if you go out there and you have to squat to not be thrown, you know, off, thrown off balance by the wind, you probably shouldn't be there with a fishing rod. Yeah. Greg, how about you? Are you have you been always like being being local here, been always like an outdoors person, or it it kind of started at some point for you as well? Well, I I grew up outdoors, so yeah. right, I grew up in um, top of a mountain called Sleeve Phelum, yeah. and there was only three houses on the road, and the house at the bottom of the road, a place called um, Port Nard. So you're up top of a, a mountain. Mm. and there's only three houses and my aunt was a house down below the farm and there was uh, two brothers and a sister living top of the road mm. and the road uh, went up to the bog so yeah. I was very lucky having a childhood that was just completely rural completely right, right. Uh, protected mm. and nobody who came up the road we didn't know yeah. it was always farmers ah. would land up or people okay. would uh, up to the bog yeah. so we knew everybody you know yeah. You know, um, I also knew if someone's new, like, oh, what's this bloke doing here? Nobody yeah, knows but it, <laughs> often it would be, it could be just a tourist looking for relations, you know, mm. or somebody related to us somehow and coming up and saying hi. Mm. But everybody you would know, you know, and it was a very, um, for, like, very enjoyable childhood from that degree. And as well as being a kid and growing up there because there's nowhere else around. Mm. You just go off, like I'm and my cousin used to go off on a Sunday for adventures where we mm -hmm. just traips through fields go climb trees and do all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff like that right. but the climbing trees i, I loved because i mean i think one of my favorite childhood memories is is just going to by myself and climbing the oak tree across the road from our house mm -hmm. um and just sitting there listening to the wind of the uh, blowing through the leaves in the trees yeah and the slight sway on the, on, on the tree as well uh, that was just i think they're my favorite memories of doing that so you're you're must be like sitting here with two eastern europeans who could just go like oh outdoors look at that and you go like oh come on <laughs> I grew up in here. <laughs> yeah i suppose I, f i forget that you know in a way that mm. that i'm here now and okay again here is the same where every, everywhere is outdoors you know yeah you take um, that for granted like it's yeah always, yeah always like that but i think for that reason though it's i really feel at home when there's a storm Mm. because when there's a storm i go outside and i listen to the, the sound of the wind through the trees here and it just it just takes it takes me back to that piece yeah. you know mm -hmm. um and if it, it's when that i find the same when you go and, and the wind is up because a storm is coming in or it's a windy yeah. day that you go to the beach as well and you just stand there and, and that feeling of the the wind blowing through you while yeah. you're standing and listening to the sound of the sea i find that very powerful yeah very cleansing as well i find yeah yeah I, I feel lighter after so. there's a lot of people who are actually like winter and like storms i thought that no. everybody goes like oh jeez <laughs> no, like yeah well, i think it's just typical irish thing where we we're all talking about yeah great now to have some nice weather and then soon as it is and it's, oh, it's too hot <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it was like uh, all the complaints this summer like oh we had like a four weeks of good weather this year as well right like like yeah. back in the day yeah. so. <laughs> but you see that's also what i realized especially for people like us who move here right mm. um it's um we get a lot of tourists or visitors here in the gallery and they always ask how do you deal with the weather mm -hmm. how did what do you do and i said well i enjoy it mm. and they're like <clears throat> sorry um they're like but the rain, how do you deal with the rain? And I said, well, I think the rain project actually actually changed my perception of it. All you right. know, so from, oh, I hate rain, it's ugly, it's blue. 
to uh, understanding it's a part of nature and actually living in paradise here, so mm. to speak. Um, enjoying the uh, understanding the sense in the bigger circle, you know. So that's why Ireland is green, juicy green. Yeah. It's part of the rain and exactly, exactly. It's part of the creation and it wouldn't be like <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful where it's not raining. Yeah, except if it was not raining all the time. It wouldn't be that beautiful when it's not raining. Yeah, the summer everything dried out, right? And everything yeah. was burned. And we're like, where's mm -hmm. the green island gone? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, um, it takes a certain personality, I think, to cope with that weather. So in winter, mm -hmm. we had years, I think it was 2015, we didn't see the blue sky from 2000, uh, from October mm -hmm. till February. And that's mm -hmm. tough. Yep. That was even where I was, hmm, that's a bit long now. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like when it's getting wild and messy outside, I even perceive the coziness of a ho house and the stove. Yeah. So much more as it makes me happy. I have a yeah. reason to, I don't miss anything outside. I can be inside. I have so many ideas. I paint a lot and mm -hmm. uh, do a lot of stuff. Uh, so it's my time. I go with nature. Okay, nature's telling me today you stay inside and I go with it without mm. resistance. Yeah. So I never had, uh, it never upsets me actually. Um, also the lack of light. Like mm -hmm. I feel so happy to live here. Yeah. That I think balances it. It's a little bit yeah. like that observing the storm from the safety of the house, right? It's yeah. like you you appreciate more that you're kind of in the safety yeah. and can can. Listen, uh, question I have is about clothing, like a more kind of like a down to earth. Like surely you had uh, you had your tips and tricks and you develop a system of you know layering or whatever, uh, because your 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 days. Uh, you know, a whole day outdoors and the weather is changing and so on. What's your what's your approach to, to, you know, kind of stay warm and not too warm and so on? Well, people always think I wait, mm -hmm. which I never do. It's so boring. Why would I wait in nature? You know, I could never mm. be a birds photographer sitting there on the tree waiting for a bird to pop up. I'm okay. constantly moving. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I obviously you have just normal waterproof clothes with you and, uh, uh, my pictures, all my pictures are literally captured whilst me being stressed. Uh, in a way, <laughs> it's so the, the changes are so fast. So mm -hmm. I'm arriving at a spot. There's a picture. Um, we type in Valencia, uh, Gokal Mountain, Rainbow. <laughs> you will see the panorama. Stunning view from Gokal Mountain towards uh, Karsavin and a big double rainbow. And I saw the, I studied the clouds. I knew the sunlight and the clouds would create a rainbow because I, I kind of understand how the weather works. Mm -hmm. And I was racing up this mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can drive up there. Yeah. And in the last second, it, it already turned up. I ran out of the car, grabbed my camera. My poor camera is really beaten up. Uh, took the picture and it was gone. So this is how actually usually mm -hmm. my day in the field looks like. I race from okay. one highlight to another one. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, lately I started, um, I think I posted on Facebook and Instagram, I actually enjoyed taking my little mobile and setting it up on the beach and just recording a sunset or uh, on mm -hmm. the beach. And doing like a time lapse or just like... Well, a... I do a lot of time lapse work. Um, I, have, oh, I have so much gathered, I actually have to start to publish it and share it. But that is another aspect I truly enjoy right now. There's no effect to it. It's just nature and the response is incredible. I get so many emails from people who, who grew up here, who follow me on, in, on social media, and they thank you. I feel so connected, you know? So mm. you can see your, the land you love or as a tourist, the, the place you adore and come yeah. return every year. Yeah. And you see one-to-one -one how the sunset looks like and so on. So 
Um, that is something where I can just sit down and really relax, you yeah. know. But so you never perceive that as an, any any problem or anything that you have to figure out to not get cold or not get wet or anything. It's just... No, the time lapse always um, so because you have to stay quite long there mm -hmm. and sometimes have the problem with freezing feet. But right, no, usually right. I'm, I'm I'm and because you see human mind if the human mind is inspired, which I'm always am when I'm out there, you have the energy inside you glow. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like the mind heats you up, your excitement, your passion, your uh, enthusiasm, and it's the best heating, being happy. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the question was like, obviously, when you're when you're going up a mountain or, or you know, the weather is changing and, you know, they, you, you kind of get cold in the morning and then the sun comes up, you get, you, get, you know, especially when you're moving around a lot. Oh, yeah, the so. onion technique, right? So you, you're prepared for everything. Oh, that's what I see. This is that's, <laughs> that's what you do, yeah. You, and... You you do you uh, get down to your favorite pieces so you know uh, uh, you leave at sunshine uh, with sunshine at the bottom of the mountain and mm -hmm. when you're up there you suddenly get like frostbites yeah, yeah, so yeah. you have your little and how are you pieces. planning looking weather wise are you are you kind of looking at the forecast and plus your your local knowledge and you say like well you know I'm gonna go there in, on Wednesday because it's gonna be is, is yeah. that a, like a, this kind of uh, elaborated way of planning to the weather or you're just taking that every day and it's like you know i'm going out every day to do the photos and whatever and you just adjust well, to the weather mm. well it's both it's intuitive and um you know sometimes i just follow my nose and my nose says things which don't make sense but i trust my guts mm -hmm. so let's say on the right there's people not doing that the people doing that not too often right that's, that's, that's what we not yeah. do yeah we should do it more but Trust that's your what nature does it, yeah. it triggers that voice in you because mm. you get grounded in nature and mm. you as i said your mind shuts up you know mm. and there's mm. no talk in you so you hear mm. your voice so in, uh, on the right you might see a stunning sunset and the logic would be going right yeah and my gut tells me, no, turn around and go left. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. And mm. I do it anyway. And then yeah. these are the moments when I get these things like, whoa, whoops. Yeah. Where did this came from? So I have this and then satellites are my best friends mm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. I need to know how the clouds are. It's, um, I, I like to control it a bit because mm -hmm. I, I know when the magic happens and when not. You know, I know days, oh, there's no point going out. Mm -hmm. Maybe all gray and then, oh, today's rainbow light. Today, tomorrow is puffy cloud light or so. Yeah. But it's it's only 24 hours. So usually yeah. I spontaneously need an hour beforehand to say, okay, now I can go. And it doesn't cover a big radius. So I never know what's going on in Kelani. That's why I hardly get up there. Mm -hmm. I'm busy down here and I yeah. can smell yeah. the magic here yeah. it's, it's also too hard to leave here in those moments to go off to somewhere like Kilani yeah. or Dingle or anywhere further mm -hmm. because you know it's going to be like this here you, and this is your where you've chosen to live this is your home yeah. so you're, you're capturing here you know and I yeah. also go to many locations many more many times so and oh today would be a good day to go to the st standing stones right mm -hmm. because I see the amazing cloud structure or on rainy days, I focus on the close-ups because you, on super clear days, which we have five per year. Yeah, that's <laughs> about right. Obviously, you will go up a mountain and get the big views, right? So I always work with nature. She's like a partner to me, a friend. And yeah. I, I, she's the boss, no question. I follow mm -hmm. gratefully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. And I'm, I'm surprised that you're, when you're doing time lapses, you kind of stick around with your, with your camera. 
I thought I was just going to put the camera and go home and come back next day. Uh, no, because you have to adjust. The light is constantly changing and you have to manually adjust Oh, you're, you're adjusting during the time lapse. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. that's the reason why my time lapses look like how they look. Mm. Like if you're interested as a listener um, on YouTube, on my channel, Madeline Maria Weber, I uploaded some really stunning time lapses. And I constantly had to adjust exposure yeah. and so on so i have okay. to stick around it's a bit boring though yeah because the fascinating thing about time lapse is like there is one time lapse of a sunrise uh, in ladies view near kilani mm -hmm. a misty sunrise and i was standing there two hours recording and my eyes couldn't perceive much so just a slight movement of the fog and once i processed the time lapse uh, at home Oh my God, like it's out of, it's not in the range of our human perception. This, mm -hmm. if you jump time, the, the fog moved like water. He saw it, I think, yeah. right in the, yeah. it was like an ocean. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. Or Yeah, you, 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 there was like a, like a thermal effect to them and they're going up and yeah. down and all that. Uh, was, like a, like and a, you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and I love that. They're like, this is, I think, I think my secret to happiness is, first of all, I found paradise, which is Carrie. There's nothing more beautiful than Carrie. <laughs> okay, right. that's my way. I know there are other people. With just other... be careful because of people, we have like a, you know, a whole, you know, like a wave of people coming <laughs> to Carrie now. <laughs> all those empty beaches will be gone. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, so I'm in paradise and I feel like I'm, I, I'm constantly a child. Mm. That's it's, a big thing. That's a big thing. I'm like a, ch a happy child playing with rocks, so to speak. Right. And I'm having a blast. Like, um, I, I feel like this is what nature triggers in you because our first connection as a child is we go out, we find rocks, we, we take sand and cook for the family with sand and leaves, right? And it's so beautiful. That's a peace of mind of a child, which we mm -hmm. all lose on the way through mm -hmm. adulthood and mm -hmm. all that crap which comes mm -hmm. with it. <laughs> We're getting cynical. Yeah. So whatever you can find to come back into your childlike state of mind, mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. so, and um, when I came to Ireland, actually, I started also doing a bit of land art, which means you create a piece of art, of conceptual art in nature with a piece of nature. So I would go to a beach and find these incredible rocks and I would pick small white rocks, big white rocks in a row, mm -hmm. put them like a snare, like a, like a circle, like, yeah. you know, you reflect your thoughts with natural materials and you don't present it in a museum, but in nature and then nature takes it back. It's a childlike mm -hmm approach to art and yeah. i love it I'm, I'm sitting there two hours searching for rocks and i'm having the best time of my I life know, i know right <laughs> and again that's a, that's something that is on the on the podcast quite often like a benefits for outdoors for mental health and that's exactly what you're yeah, saying like, you would you, get you just, sane you, there <laughs> yeah you get leave all the crap and it's like oh i'm focusing on this, this stuff. yeah what's your what's your take on uh editing photos in a in a, mm -hmm. in a software i had a you know number of conversation on the podcast and and not only on a podcast and usually there are two types of people people say yeah absolutely you do editing you're you know you're mm. making picture better and i'm not i'm not <clears throat> maybe just to clarify i'm not telling saying about mm -hmm. you know modifying the photos to make like a look it unnatural right like a super you know colors of the scale or anything like that but just you know some post uh Production, I, I don't know what's the word, like after taking photo, making it look better. And there's another group of people who's like, no, no, absolutely not. 
you know, you need to take a good photo and with a good camera and I'm mm. you're not doing this and they're giving examples of some, um, I think that Nat Geo was doing like a uh, contest, but for non-edited photo mm -hmm. and, and stuff like yes. that. What's, what's, your, what's your take on that? Well, it's a very complex one. So I started with the dark room. I know the times when I was spending over the chemicals and, you mm. know, so I came from that school. <laughs> and when the digital age arrived, I was like, uh, no, I don't want it. No, you mm -hmm. know, really stubborn. Mm -hmm. And then one day it just changed and I got my first digital camera and I realized the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. and the downsides to it because you can just shoot unlimited you know and you end up with thousand pictures very yeah. so but in the process of dealing with the digital world obviously when you're in a dark room you adjust the picture you balance a little bit the darks and the brights you exactly can you have no question you have to you you, you, you have through to. this process yes. anyway and uh in now in the digital age where photoshop and all these digital softwares they're used in many different ways. And I think the attention counts. So you have a group of people who take rather a boring picture and then they turn a blue sky into a purple one and they move a mountain around. And that's fair if that's that's good. That's one way of dealing with it, you know, uh, if they sell it as a montage or, oh, look, I created that magical moment. I didn't see it. You know, mm -hmm. there's a certain honesty which has to come with it. And then there are people who good use... Point. We need to use the software to process the digital files, right? Because on the ship, there's just a file. You can't do anything with it. So you have mm -hmm. to run it through a software. The way how I use it is very different. For me, first of all, I own, I, I, say, I say I already said that I don't take pictures if I don't shake because mm -hmm. I'm not interested in boring moments. Mm -hmm. I take cracking pictures, which in, this, in their essence are already strong. And now here comes a big problem, which everyone s seems to overlook. They, for some reason, when painters painted realistically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you would get your granny, a portrait of granny and of daddy and whatever. So then the medium of photography came in and for some reason uh, attached was this label of reality. Oh, photography is real, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's not painted, it's real, it's real yeah. what's there. No, it's not real because... A camera lens and a ship is, or a film is very limited if you compare the quality of your eyes. Like we are so sensitive, our eyes balance contrasts out, our brain interprets the image, you know, and then we mm -hmm. see. A camera can only see, now the software is getting very good now in the cameras already mm -hmm. to balance out the harsh contrast. But usually what, you, what happens is you have a cracking sunset and you either have, you focus on the dark or the bright areas. So you either see nothing in the dark area because they're overexposed yeah. or you see nothing in the sky so you end up with these beautiful pictures with a white sky no mm -hmm. that wasn't reality was it mm -hmm. so <laughs> for me being very conscious about my eyes because i'm very a visual person that's mm -hmm. where my ex my, my entrance of happiness comes through so to speak um I know exactly how it looked like because I'm also a painter. So mm -hmm. I, I know the colors, how they were. And I realized very quickly, hang on, that's not what I saw. Yeah. So I use a digital software to bring the first manipulation through the camera back to its original state. Right. So I know my memory of the picture and um, I have developed... You're trying to get it more real. I have developed certain techniques um, to bring it back to what it was. Now... You, you always get these kind of people who say, oh, is that real? I cannot imagine. Or did you put mm -hmm. the mount? And that's okay. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, ask me a question. I will mm -hmm. respond to it. But mm -hmm. what people often forget is like, 
I'm have I'm living in a den in such high density of magical moments here, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm always out there. You have to bring yourself out there first of all to witness it. So when mm -hmm. everybody's sleeping, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm somewhere in You're the carry, out. <laughs> carry forest or whatever, <laughs> taking pictures of the stars. Nobody mm -hmm. saw them, right? Mm -hmm. I did, or uh, an incredible sunset like this one here. Mm -hmm. um, if you go on my website and type in golden skellig sunset, um, wow. there. This is pure magic and it's on the edge of, I never saw something like that. Is it mm -hmm. real, you know? Yeah. So I, I have, I'm not interested in creating images out of Photoshop. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. It's a certain direction of art. Some people do that consciously and mm -hmm. good for them. It's not my cup of tea though. Yeah. It's so, interesting. It's interesting that you, what you said that you kind of actually using the, editing to make a photo look like a scene you saw in the first place yeah because so. then it's different when it's captured on a photo that's that's very interesting i never i never heard that that approach but what's your yeah. well as soon as you use anything mechanical like a camera or the mm. same for audio like a microphone yeah you're changing the original sound mm -hmm. because all those systems no matter how they good or how, how good they get or how good they are right now Mm -hmm. They're altering that sound. So it's the same in audio. When you record something, like in a studio, you're, you're using different uh, filters and plugins or ways of what you know how to do things to bring it back to how you heard it originally, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, for Madeline's work, I see it as bringing you back into that moment of how it really was, you know? Mm -hmm. The real sea experience, you are standing there, you're looking at it. And yeah. that, that's, that's, I think that's what, what do you do. That's a very interesting point. That's actually a very interesting point. Never, never come, come, come before. But it's, you know, it's a very good one because, like you said, it, it's already kind of processed version yeah, of a. Yeah. And is it like in your case, is it the same goes for the like a noise removal and all that? Yeah. 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 So what, what you so do. so you 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 think like in, when you're removing noise, is it like bringing it back to the natural what it was, or, or is it like removing natural aspect? Um, because you know, like you, you're, you, you have a recording, right? And you have a certain amount of noise, and then yeah. there's an, some some aspect of the background noise that is there from the nature, and then there's a certain you know amount of the background noise that goes from from your preamps and your mic yeah, and all yeah. that and all that. So you 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 when you're removing that, you feel like you're adding something. You, you're removing some aspect of a natural thing that was there or you or you feel like, you know, um, you bring it back to there because you really when you're out there, you're not noticing that background noise too much. Right? Yeah, I try to limit that as much as possible. And that really is down to the quality of equipment hmm. you use, you know, especially for nature recordings, because often the sound is so low in level. Yes. That if you don't have a, a certain quality of like microphone or preamps, our digital recorder, you're going to have a very high background noise. That's mm -hmm. the noise of the electrical system. Mm -hmm. It's not actual real noise. Yep. Um, so, and I don't, I, I will do my best not to mm -hmm. mess with that. I'll either try and go and just improve my equipment over time, which I've, yeah. I, ha I have done this year. Um, mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. Yeah. And as soon as you go into using um, kind of noise removers and that kind of stuff, you'll hear it very quickly. It can, it can take away the actual natural sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would prefer even to have it at a lower level to listen to it. So you're still getting that 
pure mm. sound, say, of the birds flying over the estuary here. Yeah. Which is just, I find, a sound that's out of this world. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so peaceful and calm. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- that sound reverberates around the estuary too. It's like it's bouncing off something. I'm not sure what it is, but it must be made of water or something yeah. as well. You get this natural reverb of the place back here, you know? Yeah. That's that's interesting, man. Because you know, like, for the podcast, all those recorders, even the one that we're using right now, they really meant for a, like a music recording, like a live performances. Yeah. So they're kind of built to record on the high level, high yeah, volume so. levels. So they have a noisy preamps. Yeah. Because you don't care, and now in the setting like here when we're talking, you know, you know, you, you to have a decent recording, you need to put the levels up. And that then when you hear the preamps and then you need to remove it. I'm yeah. removing noise all the time. <laughs> That's like the first thing I do. <laughs> you're losing some quality from the, the voices in you as yeah. well. So that's yeah. just a part of how yeah. it is. You know? I'm in a good situation that, you know, being being like a digital radio show, it's more important what we're saying, not like a quality of, mm. this, of the voice. So that's easier. But I totally get what you're saying. I was trying to record a uh, birds in a tree once in a, in a, in a forest. In, in the woods um, and it was a nearby there was a road it was like a very silent car right so I was kind of adjusting um, levels to kind of capture voices that song bird song and then the car just went <laughs> it was like I didn't realize you know then when I was when I was when I was uh, listening to the recordings like how that's how noisy that was and i think yeah. there's an element when your ear and like you like mentally like you say your brain is processing things and you kind of focus on those birds so your brain already filters out the noise that you're not interested in in that case car and then when you're recording and you go just goes through the through the electronic equipment you actually figure out that that noise of the car is much much louder than you thought yeah more present yeah compared to the to the to the noises right it's really because the sound is still there we still hear it but because we're not focused on it we don't hear it yeah and it's the same as as the reason why the sound of a baby crying is the most annoying sound nearly there is because it's designed to be that way designed to be that way that's that's where our ears are more sensitive for because it's a danger yeah you know it's the same uh, area that our voices come out sound wise Mm -hmm. it's that's on the lower end the deep sounds are very very high high sounds we don't hear as well as the, the 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 sounds in our vocal range for example yeah yeah and that's the same with the photos right you're you're you, do, you, do you tend to not see mm. things and then yeah. and then you look at a photo and you go like oh i didn't realize that thing was there yeah and uh, i mean i live here now for 13 or 14 years i forgot <laughs> um and i think was that house there yeah, mm. Madeline, the house is standing there forever. I never noticed that house. <laughs> or when you take a picture, obviously your focus is so small. I, as a, in this wide Atlantic wave picture, I was focusing on the shapes of the wave and the color. That mm-hmm. was my got my attention. I never noticed actually the cliffs behind it. Yeah. So and once I looked at the picture at home, I said, Jesus, I didn't see that. So it's like just a normal processing way how our brain works, and that's the beauty of nature because. It has such variety of focus points. Mm-hmm. You 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 never get bored. Yeah. Like, or um, the last three years I spent on a project with wildflowers, which I will publish soon. And um, before that, I thought I know the landscape here. And mm. once my focus was 
locked in on the wild flowers i was like oh my god there's so many i didn't notice look at before these wild, i never noticed them and look how incredible they are and suddenly i just see wild flowers everywhere right mm -hmm. so it, everything else goes yeah. in the background so there is the, there, this is this this thing in psychology um that that explains you know how to how to get happy that in the example is like if you want to buy you know car and you want to buy yellow ford focus and mm -hmm. then you're driving around all of a sudden you see yellowed ford focuses everywhere yeah. because your brain is kind of your antenna is up for this sort of thing and this is why uh, there's this technique like write down one thing that made you happy every day mm -hmm. because that unconsciously makes your antenna up for the things that make you happy rather than things that are bad and and so this is this is the real this is real thing yeah i think it's a thinking dynamic like thoughts uh, without going into spiritual schools mm. now here um, attract and certain focus points and it's the same as nature so if you want to have a good start in the morning and you are blessed or your life allowed you to live in nature you know mm -hmm. not in the city um go out in the morning and we sort the whole day because you, yeah. you start very clear you're getting you know blown through so yeah. to speak <laughs> uh, you, you got maybe some candy for your eye with a nice sunrise or even if it's raining you feel alive mm -hmm. so I cannot uh, say that often enough like nature is free it's out there it's available at any time and yes it looks different wherever you are right now on, on earth right yeah but even in a city you there usually a, there's a nice park somewhere but you have to make the conscious decision to give it space so create time slots for it and just see what it does to you it's the best thing you can do for yourself absolutely mm -hmm. i just wanted one more question one more about the photo editing and what's your what's your take on photo editing but in a in a sense of like you know removing cables that went into the photo or you know you have a you have a beautiful picture of the landscape but mm -hmm. you take it from the road and in your frame there is a, like a yeah. you know poles and then a, so this is kind of some I argue kind of invasive mm -hmm. intervention in the photo um what's your take on that i i yeah yeah well, not, I don't want to bias your, your answer. Oh, no, I'm, no. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure I wouldn't. No, I think it's a I'm just, I'm just very interested. important question because yeah. I get these questions a lot, funny enough. Right. Well, because a lot of people try to find a solution there for themselves as well. Like, mm -hmm. how, how, what, what take should I take, so to speak? Um, what I do is usually, obviously, I am, the biggest effort for me goes into creating the best picture. So if I know there's an object which... Mm, I will find another perspective and remove it, but mm -hmm. there is a certain fine line and I will spontaneously decide what that is. So if I have, let's say, a big landscape picture and the story is stunning and there's like this one telegraph pole in the background, like mm -hmm. two centimeter t tall, I have no problems removing that. And yeah. I don't see how this would interfere with the reality of the picture, yep. you know, or you have there, uh, you, you didn't notice some dirt there or whatever. So. It's it's a very gentle touch up, um, if at all, you know. Yeah. I I don't need it usually because um, the pictures are always taken having that in mind already. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the best yeah. thing is like don't have it in the in the first place. But I think that sometimes, and I, and I don't know if it's case with you, but it's certainly case with me that sometimes you're, like you say, so in shock in a positive way, right? You shake and say, "Oh, it's so beautiful," <laughs> but like we said before, you don't see it. <laughs> Right, you don't yeah. you don't see it. You take a yeah. photo and then you you look at it. And say, I have this beautiful photo. And look at it. Oh crap! Right, you have a like a pole or something in it. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, you gotta. But then, it, really, I think 
And, and you can elaborate on that. I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but I, you're creating art, not the document, right? So, right. so I don't think it, it makes any difference if you if you remove some object that is you know obstructing the view or is like not looking nice. You're not trying to document mm. that there is a pole in, in the middle of a beautiful landscape. You're trying to create, you know, express your kind of feelings and, and, and show the beauty of it rather than anything that's there. Yeah, right? that's, a, that's a very good point. Yeah, so and every artist has to decide to him or herself then where, hmm. where is the line, right? But we have, I mean, there. I, I remember there was once a woman, I took a picture from a certain perspective and she saw the picture and she said, she's a local, so she grew up here, she's now 50 or so. Hmm. Madeline, you moved that mountain that mountain is not there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what do I say? I can't win now, right? Yeah. Because I, well, if there's one thing is I'm not moving mountains. There's no reason to move mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah? Um, so it was really funny. Um, but um, yeah, sure. And that's, that's How did it end up? Did you, did you she wouldn't believe me. But that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's okay. Being grounded. Okay. I know my so you didn't, So you didn't okay. even try. I celebrate that for okay. her. Okay. I, I didn't need to convince her. But she probably sings. Let's hope she doesn't tell everyone Madeline is moving mountains. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that was what the McGillicuddy Reeks that you you can when you walk on Green Road yeah, and if it's Reno. clear enough, mm -hmm. you can see the McGillicuddy Reeks. You, you can see Karen Tuhill. Yeah, but just most of the time that it's it's you can't see that far because it's yeah. hazy. You know? But in fairness, uh, what I noticed was a lot of locals who love a lot of my pictures too, and um, like just on the side in the first year when we opened. They were very shy to come in, you know, because mm -hmm. they didn't know oh, what is that and do I need to buy them something, you know, that pressure you feel mm -hmm. when you go into a shop. Mm -hmm. And once I was like, no, please just come in and enjoy it. I want mm -hmm. to show you what I captured it's also your land, you know. Mm -hmm. So we got loads of locals and then referrals, obviously. And um, it's fascinating to see them because they know the landscapes in many different shapes and forms and to see them, to observe them, to having a blast here. I love that. But one thing which uh, I notice is as soon as you take a telephoto lens, so a really mm -hmm. long uh, lens, it distorts the space. So what it does, it compresses the space. So let's say the Valencia Lighthouse, mm -hmm. and I take a picture with a really long lens on it, dingle in the background, you can see the blaskets, mm -hmm. they would look very close, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's obviously a style element, like I decide with my lenses how I want to tell the story, and my purpose is not to... Um, distort and picture but yeah. it changes the reality naturally so yeah. to speak yeah. and I remember a lot of hang on between Dingle and the lighthouse these are what how many miles mm. <laughs> uh, what did you do there you know so there are some misunderstandings yeah. and so I can understand why people not understanding the technique yeah what did she do some, what, what did she do what, but most of the time I don't have that um, and another point which op often happens is because I bring the picture back to what it was. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they're paintings. Hmm. And I was thinking about Yeah, this. they're 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 they like, look like paintings. Yeah, this is so fascinating. Do. Why do they say that? They and do. I come to the conclusions because the realistic painter they painted exactly what they saw mm -hmm. from their mm -hmm. memory. Mm -hmm. So they had the exact light. How oh, many right. of them painting from Some, the from the well, photo? Obviously, but we just yeah. But those who stand there and really capture the light, they get the you know the light. That's that's another thing. The light has a law, 
and I feel that intuitively some some things don't work. I can see exactly when somebody did something to a picture because okay. I know nature's light does not work like that, you yeah. know? So I have a good radar there, but That's there's no purpose good. for that. But um, the painters got the light correct and that's in our genes that memory of the paintings you know of that really magical light and i think yeah that's how they associated with my pictures because that's the authentic light of the moment yeah even they that. never maybe saw it in their life like this one down there if you go on the website it's called mystical skelic sunset yeah. i took this picture in 2009 and, and it was mind-blowing the moment because i was driving around and everything was dull and gray and i was like oh jesus now i'm here in the car i need to find something mm -hmm. there's always something where is it mm -hmm. And I drove up the mountain over to St. Finian's Bay. And as soon as I came over that hill, there was like a different climber zone. Yeah. There was this, this cloud in slow motion, really low above the water surface moving. No sound, nobody there. It was surreal as if I was alone on the planet. Mm. And I started shaking because the sunset light hit the cloud from behind and oh, I, I, I wish, I wish I would have had a video camera to mm -hmm. show you because yeah. that's exactly how it was the light as as mind-blowing as it looks nature can look like that you know yeah. that's what i live for like oh yeah absolutely yeah. the spectacles of nature and right. the funny thing is then when people come in here i can see you know different nature and people different mm. pictures they love and people who love this picture usually are mm -hmm. people who um they're very uh if how do you say not internal uh, uh they are going in, in, no, they go in themselves a lot. Yeah, it's because that's the energy of the spot. You know, it's a very quiet. There's not much action happening, but there's a, a quietness and a magic in it, which I don't know. It, it leads you inside of you. I, I can't put my finger on it. What it is, yeah. yeah. And then we have the wild Atlantic wave, which it doesn't matter who comes in here, what kind of nature they are from, they can all connect with that picture. Yeah. And we, I was here. We have theories develop with every visitor. What is it actually that touches us in it? And I think the biggest part is is the color, and it is this observing the different mm. shapes of the water, which looks stunning in itself from a secure point. You know. Yeah, it's, the sh it's, a, it's a it's like a capture yeah. in the time of this because normally yeah. they're very dynamic, and it's like a capture the dynamic yeah. aspect, but it's still. And you see uh, every shape from a little drop to the big mm -hmm. gish on the cliffs. And yeah. I can't tell you like that, that picture traveled mm. all over the world now. And mm. it's, and it's just one tiny little moment. Yeah. And it's all in it. Yeah. And when you look at it, even because we live here in our gallery mm. as well, it just gives you that bounce. Right. Mm. So isn't that magic? <laughs> it is. Do you do you sometimes have like a, like people coming in and telling you that you move the mountain or something? Do you have something like you know just enjoy it, just shut up and enjoy it? Why do you have to dig into like whether I move the mountain? Who cares? Yeah, no, rarely. Like let's say out of hundred people, one person might uh, right. be be like that. But okay. um, it, our normal experience actually is because when you see the house from outside, it looks like a normal house, and you mm. say. Mm -hmm. Should I go in there or not? Right. <laughs> and so they have to overcome this first worry mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then they come in, they don't know what to expect. And yeah. then we open the door and woof, and there yeah. it is, you know, and they're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. So you cannot describe it. You have to see it uh, and experience it. It's, it's, it's very different. And I, I so love people seeing 
being inspired. Uh, that, that. that that make that makes sense, and that really makes sense to what you do and and, and mm. all that. Listen, tell us how to how to get in touch with you. How to you know on the on the internet on social media see the uh, see your work, and then if anyone wants to buy it, where you where to find you? And yeah, do you sell online <clears throat> as well. Huh? Do you sell online as well? Oh yeah, so right. you can either go to my website. It's um, God, that's a complicated name. www.madelinemariaweber.com. So should I spell it or do you put it in a? I will, I'll pull it anyway. Yeah. I'll put it anyway. Do you get, <clears throat> can you get like a like a uh, like a for the marketing purpose like a shorter domain? Uh, well, hmm, I might think. Or you just it. have your There's a lot of twisters in there. I know. M a d e l e i n e m a r i a w e b e r dot com well we're gonna we're gonna put that we yeah. for sure we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put that on the on the show notes and uh, all over social media so yeah. you can uh, find my whole catalog of images uh, mainly focused on southwest carry between mm -hmm. uh, uh Celt and sneem um my big baby is a skellix um Uh, so uh, you see all sizes and prices there, or you can call into the gallery, which is located on the road R567 between Waterville and Balinskelix, County Kerry. And we are usually open from 10 to 6 during the summer and winter. You know, it gets uh, quickly early, so probably till 5. Mm -hmm. Or you can just call me um, uh, if you would like to arrange an appointment. And it's I always say it's good to call in if you're around because mm -hmm. you get a feeling for the size. And there's a big difference looking at pictures online and standing in front of it Absolutely. and get the full blast. Absolutely. You know? And also on social media, right? You're, you're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Facebook, um, facebook.com Madeline Maria Artist and on Instagram Madeline Maria Weber. Um, and I will on a regular basis upload there also some actual sunsets of the day. So mm. it's a good way to connect also with Carrie. I, I love to be a channel there in that way as well. Sure, sure. Yeah. And Gregor, do you do you have some your online your 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 work or you just uh, not not as yet no mm. uh, it's kind of a, but it's coming it's coming yeah all right I'm still I'm, I suppose building up a library I I kind of do a number of different things all based in the audio world so mm. I be a musician so I play sometimes in pubs locally right. or a bit up further up the country right um, that's when I fell in love with him I heard him sing mm. Mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I also do like live sound productions right so there's a few events in the year I'd be involved in so this year we had the Amgen Salsa's poetry gathering in June so right. I provide all the live sound and lighting for that hmm. um, I've also been involved in the Hearsay International Audio Arts Festival wow. which is actually happening again next April and that's in Kilfinan County Limerick it's a fantastic mm -hmm. Uh, festival based on radio audio production right and it's 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 uh, incredible um variety of people in that field you know it'll be over four days and you got maybe 80 plus different events going on mm -hmm. over that time um uh, and also the stole endurance festival or do live sound set up there so it's a mixture of, through the years of, of events mm -hmm. like that you know Great, uh, and I, I love I love love doing doing that type, type of work as well. We'll get you on the podcast again when you're going to be launching your website. Yeah, just to, just to give it a push. <laughs> All right, any concluding thoughts? Any any message mm. for our listeners? Anything? Well, yeah, I mean, there are two levels to it. So you either um, make a conscious decision and spend more time in nature and be blown away by it, or surround yourself with magic pieces like. And it's not a serious pitch right now. I mean that serious, like 
your walls are your home mm. and whatever picture or whatever object you choose to surround yourself with has a huge influence on your mind and even you don't look at it consciously it will it will go into your mind and affect your emotional state so i always say if you find pictures are very powerful find a picture which speaks to your heart which grounds you which either connects you with your homeland or a beautiful memory and put it on your wall and surround yourself with it you know that's mm. that's one way of connecting with it and um the other thing i just want to say um quickly is skellig michael <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> because i was thinking about it um uh, what what is the magic of that place mm. and i realize oh that's my theory at least um the whole journey like people in the in, in the bay they think oh the ocean is very nice today as mm -hmm. soon as they go on the open sea they're getting shaken <laughs> up by the sea right so they they they're forced into a fear in themselves survival fear that's the first step of bringing them into the moment into the now and then they're like in fear and uh, arrive at the rock which looks like a there's just the rock and it's green mm. looks amazing mm. and once you enter the island uh, you are now physically challenged really mm -hmm. challenged to get up and all these little steps all they do is they bring you into the moment shut mm -hmm. up your mind mm -hmm. no future potential no past pain nothing just just you that rock and your strength and your yeah. physical beingness of that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. and that's i think the first time a lot of people actually spend time with themselves which people are these days often afraid of uh, yeah we we all run you know we have all our demons in the closet yeah. or our skeleton no how do you say it? you know the german <laughs> way of saying never yeah, works yeah, in yeah, irish yeah. <laughs> Oh, I always say, I'm dancing on many weddings and they all look, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Which means you're working on a lot of projects in yeah, Germany, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Skellig is a beautiful way of connecting with you uh, because mm -hmm. you're here right now and there's just this rock and it's not asking anything from you except being focused, looking after yourself and taking the magic, right? And so I highly recommend uh, going out there and bring go there with deep respect as much as you love that rock don't take a rock with you you know yeah. i know you want to bond with it but don't leave it there yeah. now a lot of people take any other rock somewhere else Someone <laughs> can tell you. you can pretend <laughs> there are a lot of puffins nesting um mm. most people are not aware that their nests are next to the steps you know so mm -hmm. just treat it like gold it's it's the most magical place on earth it's my favorite place and um yeah, that's a reason why I live here, because of Skellig Michael. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Greg, any concluders? I think for me, it's to take the time to listen. You know, when if you get a chance to go to the beach and it's part of your daily routine for exercise, you know, that's great. Go there, get your walk in. But like when you finish a walk or halfway through, just stop for a few minutes, you know, just stand and look out the ocean and close your eyes, take in the space, you know. Uh, I think we just a lot of time we forget to do those things because our lives are so busy now. We're so we have to go here, we have to go there, we have to do this. Um, yeah, you know, to give that our mind a chance to just slow down, slow down and relax. You know, because we we have mm. to. You know, and and the other other big one which I I absolutely love when the weather is good enough, going to the beach, take off your shoes and socks and walk with your feet in the sand. Ah, that's a very you know, good one. And pull up your your pants, your trousers, your knees. And walk along the water, you know, and feel the water coming up mm. to close to your knees and the way, the power of the energy of the waves coming in and out. Mm. I just, I, I adore that, you know. And I understand on a bad day, 
you know, you don't want to be taking your shoes and socks off because it's freezing, but on, on, on a good day, why wouldn't you? You know, you can just wipe the, the sand off your feet when you get back and they'll be dry by the time you get back anyway. This is, this is awesome advice. <laughs> yes, also, I, love I love it. I love it. Uh, folks, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I, I, think, I think you're doing excellent work here and it's, it's beautiful and, and the place you live is, is absolutely amazing. I hope that the people uh, will, will listen to that podcast and they're going to, you know, flock here and uh, <laughs> just, just to experience that and, and kind of see the nature to your eyes and ears. Thank and, you, um, Thanks, Sammy. That's it. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs>